Welcome to the Money Love Podcast. I'm your host and money coach, Paige Pritchard. If you're ready to uplevel your results in relationship with money, you're in the right place. Each week, I give you the tools to transform your mindset, manage your emotions, and achieve results with your money you never dreamed were possible. Hi, love. Welcome to episode 86 of the Money Love Podcast. Y'all, I just have to say I am fighting a bit of a head cold right now, so if I sound a little stopped up, just bear with me for this intro. We are 86 episodes into this podcast. It's really hard to believe. 86 episodes is almost two years, not quite, but almost two years worth of episodes. And every single episode up until this point has just been you and I, you and I hanging out, having a chat, me just coming and sharing my thoughts with you. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate all of you who come week in, week out and listen to just my thoughts and my teaching and my coaching for you. But something that I have really felt the pull to do is to start bringing in guests onto the podcast, start introducing you guys to new people, new perspectives, new concepts. And I am so thrilled to be able to say that moving forward on the podcast, we will be having guests, not every episode and probably not even every other episode, but I'm going to try every one to two episodes to sprinkle in a guest interview. And it starts this week. This is the very first week where we are having a guest on the podcast. And I couldn't be more excited to have Kamiko on the show this week. I've known Kamiko for a couple of years. I remember back in 2016 when I first started my Instagram, the Purposeful Penny Instagram, my old, old handle. There was this surge of people kind of going on Instagram and sharing their debt-free stories, and Kamiko was one of those people. I remember her Instagram, following her Instagram all the way back in 2016 when she had like 2,500 followers, and now she's up to almost 700,000 followers on Instagram. She truly is the most humble, down-to-earth person. I love learning from her. I love watching her growth. And I will say that her teachings and my teachings, they are very similar in a lot of ways, and they're very different in a lot of ways. She is known as the budget mom. So what she does is she teaches women how to budget using her wildly popular Live Rich Planner and her budget by paycheck method. She has grown her company to be a multi-million dollar company, but yet she still stays true to the principles and the budgeting method that she has been using for the past decade, even though her income, her lifestyle, her circumstances have drastically changed, which are all things we're going to talk about today. So I'm going to go ahead and officially introduce you guys to Kamiko. Kamiko Love empowers women everywhere to regain control of their financial lives. She's an accredited financial counselor. She has over nine years of experience in the finance industry. And like I said, she's the founder of The Budget Mom which is a community of millions of women on a path to financial fulfillment. Like I mentioned, she is also the creator of the Live Rich Planner and the Budget by Paycheck Workbook. And she also recently just published a book, which we talk a lot about in the show today. Her book is titled My Money, My Way, Taking Back Control of Your Financial Life. She has been featured on GMA, The Today Show, CNN, CBS, ABC, USA Today, you name it. She's probably been mentioned there. 
And like I said, I am so thrilled to have her on the show today. When I mentioned a couple weeks ago on my Instagram, hey, I'm thinking about bringing guests on the podcast. Who do you guys want to hear from? Miko was overwhelmingly the number one requested guest. I know many of you already know who you are. I know some of you who are even my students within Overcoming Overspending. You use a blend of what I teach you, and then you also use a blend of what Miko teaches through her planners. So again, I'm so thrilled to have her on the show today. We had such an amazing discussion. So with that, let's go ahead and jump in to the interview with Kamiko Love, the budget mom. All right, Kamiko, welcome to the Money Love Podcast. You are our very first guest, and I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much. So I've already kind of given the listeners a little bit of a bio on you and who you are. I know a lot of my listeners know who you are. You were very highly requested to be a guest on the podcast, but... For those who don't know you, kind of give us a background on who you are and really take us through your journey because you have been through quite a transformation over the past couple of years. And so I'd love if you could just share that journey and that transformation with us. Of course. Yeah. So I'm Kamiko Love um, and I'm an accredited financial counselor and author of My Money, My Way. And my journey... Man, it has been a journey. (laughs) Um, So I would really say my journey started back in 2011 when I got my first student loan bill. It was kind of my first experience with accumulated debt. And it was monstrous at the time for me. It was like a $600 a month student loan bill. Um, And then, you know, life events happened. I went through um, a severe motorcycle accident in 2011. I didn't have medical insurance, didn't have motorcycle insurance, Um, learned all about financial hardship, and I was able to get my medical debt reduced. I went through a divorce when my son was about three, and that was really the life event that changed everything for me. As far as, you know, going through my divorce really helped my vision of what I truly wanted out of my life and what was truly important and what I valued. Um, that became very clear once I was out on my own taking care of my little boy. My son's birth was a huge, ginormous event in my life. And, you know, for me, that experience of having my son, he is the sole reason I was able to give myself permission to envision and want a better future for myself. Before he was born, I never thought about my future. I was literally living day to day, paying my bills every day, trying to make my credit card payments. I never once stopped and asked myself, what do I really want out of my life? I never envisioned myself 10, 20 years in the future. My son gave me that vision. And so once that happened, it became a quest, a journey to no longer just want to be better with my money, but it was an actual need. So I went from $78,000 in debt starting in 2011. I am that story where I paid off all of my debt and then went back into debt um, because I didn't learn anything during that first journey. I was solely focused on the numbers and paying it off. Mm -hmm. Second time around, (laughs) I took time for self-discovery and really learning everything about my relationship with money, my money triggers and habits and what ultimately got me into debt in the first place. I paid that off my business. I started the budget mom, which started really as a community and 
turn into a, a business venture. And, and now that's my full-time job. I paid off all of my debt and just in um, 2019 was able to buy my first home with cash. And so right now that's kind of where we are. And I'm on a journey of, of early retirement. That's so amazing. And I know, so I will say, and I will let everyone know listening that um, Kamiko recently came out with a book that I talked about in the intro, My Money, My Way. I've read the book. You guys need to pick it up and read it. It's fantastic. But that is such, to me, there were a couple resounding themes in the book. And one of the biggest resounding themes was when you really talked about the emotional connection that you have with money, right? And how a big part of what you teach to your following is called their why, right? And how before that, before your son was born, you know, what you said is that you didn't really have like a strong why. And then once he was born, he kind of became your why. But can you talk about just finding your why, why it's so important, how to uncover it and discover it? Because I think that's so key. We think that money is just math and numbers and it's very logical. But what I believe, and I know you believe this as well from reading your book, is that that is absolutely not the case. It's the opposite of that. Money is so emotional and we have to tie it to something bigger. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I always, I always cringe when I hear people say to leave the emotions out of your finances, out of your money. Mm -hmm. The only reason that's being said is for people who don't understand, address, heal, or control the emotions. But once you can get around understanding why you feel the way you do and control your emotions, then it becomes a very, very powerful tool on your financial journey. Discovering your why is all about finding an emotional connection to your purpose. This is something that lights a fire under you where giving up is no longer an option. Now, when I talk about your why in the book, I'm not talking about just solidifying a goal in your life. This is not just, I want to pay off debt. I want to start saving. I want to start investing. Finding your purpose and why is a lot bigger than that. And what I mean by that is it's a state of being. It's a state of living. It's a state of feeling. You get to this place where you have no choice but to learn more about yourself to get to that. And so discovering your why I know for me, if it was not for how I feel and understanding my emotions, I would not have the success I do with my money period. And that's so key. And I teach a tool called the model, which tells us that our thoughts create our feelings. But to me, it's like the two most important components of the model is the mindset, but also what I've kind of figured out over the past couple of years is that the emotional piece is just as important. Oftentimes I want to say even more important because I believe in what I teach is that your emotions, your feelings are the fuel that drive everything that you do. And they're also the motivating force behind everything that you want or desire. Right. And so if you're not clued into that and you don't know what it is, it's almost just kind of like you're aimless in a sense, and you don't even really know what you're working towards and why. Exactly. Yeah. You know, for me, when I went through my journey and I started to learn more about myself, understanding your emotions also answers a lot of really important questions. I know a lot of people out there, especially people who might be listening to this podcast are saying themselves, I don't know why I spend the way I do. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get yeah. my I get my paycheck and it's gone. Mm-hmm. I want to learn investing. I don't know why I just don't start. Right? We have all these deep underlying questions. Really doing the self-discovery and I call it the hard work behind your finances. I always tell people stop focusing on the numbers. Don't even look at them. Yes. And so many people are so surprised by that. I'm like, when you're paying off your debt, stop thinking about the amount you're paying off. Instead, focus on how do you stay out of debt in the future? What are the things that you're learning right now that will allow you to be debt-free going forward, right? This is not just in the moment type of work. We are doing things for what I call true lasting change. And Anytime you ignore your emotions, it's like you're asking yourself to stop breathing. Hmm. We are emotional creatures and we're going to feel something whether you like it or not. And so it's better to understand, address, and heal with those feelings than ignore them and push them to the side because what's going to happen is you're going to keep running the rat race. You're just going to go around and around and around and end up right back where you started because you never fully addressed the hard work. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And that is why I've always loved your teaching so much and gravitated to it. Because I remember when I first started my financial journey, I mean, everything that I could find out there to your point was solely about the how and about the numbers. And it was just, here's the steps, go out and do it. And to your point, I found myself self-sabotaging a lot. And I found that things weren't working. It wasn't clicking. Things were falling through the cracks. And I found myself feeling really frustrated. And then thinking to myself, well, there has to be something wrong with me that this process just isn't working, but really, and the analogy that I always like to use is like money is like an iceberg, right? In that the majority of a mass of an iceberg is actually underneath the surface of the water that you can't see. And so many of us are spending 90% of our time focused on the 10% that actually matters, which is the numbers, right? That's the part above. I always say that's the part that sticks above the water that you can actually see. And we're only spending 10% of our time on the 90% that actually matters, which I believe is your mindset and your emotions behind your money. Yes. Yes. You know, I call it the budgeting box. So what happens is I love how you said that a lot of the time we're giving the, we're given the how to, how to do, do something step by step. Here's the steps. Here's how you do it. And then what happens is this unique individual with unique circumstances, unique income, dreams, and goals, they go to fit themselves in that how-to budgeting box. And we go and we try to stuff ourselves in. And at the end of the day, we sit back and we go, gosh, why didn't I fit in that budgeting box? There must be something wrong with me. Instead, what we should be asking is what's wrong with the box? that I just tried stuffing myself into. That's the problem with these one size fits all very step-by-step oriented type of how-to instructions. It's because we're given the how-to, but we're not given the why behind the how-to. It's why I started the budget mom. Literally, I wanted to show people what it was like to live with the realistic budget in someone's real life. I didn't want to just show the how-to steps. I wanted to show them the entire process from the the emotional and psychological trigger to the reasoning behind the decisions 
before, you know, back in 2016, no one was sharing this stuff. And I remember when I first started learning about finances, like you said, I was given all these how-tos, but I always would step back and I always say, well, why? Why am I supposed to do this step? And I would get to the point where I would start working through these steps. And you know what? I didn't feel a dang thing. Even if I was reaching all of these goals that someone else was telling me I needed to accomplish, I did not feel anything. That's because I was doing someone else's robot work instead of creating a plan that was designed for me by me. And it's really important that we allow ourselves the permission to do finances in our own way. And that comes with the hard work of self-discovery to build up that financial confidence to say, you know what, this is my financial plan, period. That's it. It doesn't matter what anyone else is doing out there. It doesn't matter what anyone else is saying, because I know what's best for me and my family. And that just comes with building up this financial confidence, clarity of what you really want to accomplish with your money. I'm so glad that you said that because when you said the word permission, that's exactly the word that I had in my brain. But I always like to use the analogy of a buffet, right? So first of all, I want to say that a huge takeaway that I hope that I I want to give to everybody from this episode is that you have to grant yourself permission to come up with a plan for your money that works for you. There is no right way. And that's why like the title of your book, My Money, My Way, I loved the title because it truly is so unique to you. And I know that, you know, for me and for you, you don't expect anyone to come in, nor do you probably encourage it and say, I want you to adopt how I do it. 100%, no exceptions, no changes. You encourage the the women in your community to, again, it's, it's your money. You make it your way. And so going back to the buffet analogy, I always say, look, it's so important that we take the time to educate ourselves, find people that you like learning from, find coaches that, that resonate with you and, and inspire you. But even after you do that, that doesn't mean that you have to 100% adopt everything that they teach. It's like, take what you like take what works for you and your unique situation and come up with your own unique blend that works for your specific life. It's like, take a little bit from Kamiko, take a little bit from Paige, take a little bit from this person. But the most important thing to realize is like giving yourself permission to make it your own and not feeling like you have to fit into, I love that, the budget box, because it's like trying to fit square peg in a round hole. It's just, it's not going to work and it's not going to fit and it's not going to be sustainable. Right. Exactly. And sustainability for the long term is what's important here. I always say, you know, it's funny so much of the time when I see people talk about budgeting, I get a lot of questions like Miko, there's gotta be an easier way to do this. Do I really have to track my spending? I mean, I can just get an app to auto populate these things for me. This is the thing. The way I like to look at my budget is I will never sacrifice effectiveness for simplicity ever. You can get to the simplicity part later once you have something that's effective, right? And so this budgeting box that we're talking about, yes, the solutions and steps work for some people because they just happen to fit in the budgeting box. But 99% of the time, we're not going to fit there. And the reason I'm so passionate about people allowing people to really 
do this journey in their own way and find the things that work for them is because that's what I did. My most popular budget by paycheck method was me literally going out all these different methods and systems and picking out the things that I found the most successful and the most important when creating a realistic budget. And then I flipped them all around and I created a system that I believe can not only be customized so people don't have to fit themselves in these budgeting boxes, but that truly works and you can customize it to whatever your situation and scenario. But I did that. Literally, that was so freeing for me. I was no longer trying to put myself in this budgeting box and follow these rules and these steps. So, you know, so strictly it was like, oh my gosh, I can do this. <laughs> like I'm allowed to do this. And, and, you know, it, for a long time, I said, I just, I must be doing this wrong. Like, uh, this person is saying I should not be doing this. This might not be okay. Here's the truth. If you give someone that much control over your finances for them to say and tell you what you can and cannot do with your own money, then you're setting yourself up to fail. You should be the person who's ultimately 100% in control of the decisions you make and the methods and strategies you use to be successful with your money, period. I could not agree with you more. Amen. Like we could honestly (laughs) stop the episode. We, We could honestly stop the episode right there. And I think like one thing that I'm always telling the women in my audience is like, listen, We feel like we need someone to tell us what to do. And it's like, no, you are smart enough. You're capable enough. You have everything within you to go out and make a plan that works for you. Like you don't even need me to tell you what to do or Kamiko to tell you what to do. You have everything that you need and you have what it takes. It's just, again, giving yourself permission and having the confidence to say like, I'm smart enough and capable enough to figure this out. And I know that I can. Yeah. And you know, Before all that process starts, there's a couple of things like one, we talked about discovering your purpose and why, why the heck are you on this financial journey in the first place? There's a reason you're, you know, they're here, you're here watching and listening to this podcast. There's an underlying reason inside of your heart that's saying, I want change. I want something better with my money. But on top of that, it's time to start defining things for yourself. You need to define what success looks like for you you need to define what value means to you. And I feel like so much of the time we're given these definitions and we just say, oh, that's what it's supposed to be, right? We don't even really question it. That's why when I talk in the book that this is not a number or money journey, this is a pure self-discovery journey. And let me tell you, it is hard. It is not easy. It's not easy to sit back and ask yourself why you are in debt. Because that means you have to answer honestly. Yeah. And sometimes that answer can be really devastating. Yeah. And it can be really embarrassing and it can be really sad and it can be really scary. All of these questions that I had to do during my self-discovery were really hard. But let me tell you, giving myself the ability to answer honestly and say, you know what, this is really important to me. Therefore, I need to be truly vulnerable and honest with myself was probably the most important thing that I did because those questions, answering those questions, honestly, not only helped me in the present, but I'm taking that knowledge with me into the future. Remember, this is not just a one time people think I'll just sit down, write my budget out done. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Finances are fixed, you know, but this is a continuation. This is a growth that goes, there is no end line 
when it comes to your money finances. There's just not. So yeah, Yeah. it's really important to do that self-discovery. Yeah. One of my favorite lines from your book is you said that budgeting is personal development in disguise. And when I read that, I was just like, oh my gosh, (laughs) I absolutely like that stuck. That sentence stuck out to me so much. And actually there was a story in your book and a part of your book that also really stuck out to me. And I just kind of like to read it because I feel like it kind of ties into this journey that you've been on but you tell a story about being in H&M, right? How you used to just go up to the mall when you were feeling bored and go shopping. And that is what, (laughs) that's what I used to do. That is how I literally blew through an entire year's worth of salary is I would be at work during the day. My lunch break would come around. It was very habitual. It was like trigger. It was kind of like, okay, it's lunchtime. I'm going to head up to the mall and I'm going to go shop because I'm bored and I want to pass the time. And also because I hated my job and I was just like, I just want to get out of here and like escape the negative emotion from my job. So I would go shop and you tell a story in H and M, but I'm going to read this, but you said spending became a habit and reward, even something to do when I was bored or needed a break from the chaos of home behind all my spending was a young woman wrestling with self-confidence, uncomfortable in her own skin. I struggled with my appearance. I didn't feel like I fit in. I wasn't sure who I was or what I wanted. Whenever I was feeling sad or depressed, I would go to the mall and buy clothes. I would feel good about myself for a short time, but before I knew it, I'd need another hit of dopamine as I found myself scouring the racks once again, spending money on ridiculous things I didn't need in order to find happiness from the things that never made me happy in the past. But I never stopped to think maybe something deeper is going on here. Absolutely. And I, I will forever remember that moment in my life because I call that a slap in the face moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Cause in the book, in the book, you guys, she talks about how she's standing in line to check out and she has all these clothes, right? Like she's about to go and check out with all these clothes. And then she hears this woman behind her kind of asking her mom for her credit card. Like if her mom can buy her clothes for her <laughs> and you had this moment where you were like, is this my life? Like, is this, <laughs> yeah. is this what we're going to do here? And then you left and you went and put all the clothes back and you left, but mm-hmm. yeah, it, so much of the time too, you know, we let those moments slip by. We don't recognize the significance in the moment when it happens. And it just, it was just one of those moments where it literally felt like a slap in the face. I looked, I literally looked down at all these clothes around my arm and I'm like, what the heck? Like, I know I have $15 in my checking account. Okay. I know (laughs) I'm going to put this on my credit card. I know in a month I'm going to be asking myself, how am I going to make this minimum payment? And it's absolutely fascinating that even knowing all of that, we still spend. That right there is when I ask myself, there's something bigger going on here. Because I'm not just sacrificing right now in this moment for myself, but this ultimately trickles down in the life that I'm living with my kiddo. And it was just all these realizations in that one moment, but it's time we need to recognize when we are in those situations where we know that this spending doesn't feel right, right? But we're doing it anyways. Mm -hmm. That's when we need to start asking those really hard questions It was not easy for me to come out and say, the reason I shop and spend on my appearance is because I don't like the girl looking back at me in the mirror. 
it took me four years to say that out loud. And I know a lot of people are like, gosh, that's not hard to say. It's very hard to admit that you don't like the way that you look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to say that out loud and boy, you know, having to deal and address those negative emotions for myself was very hard. And it took putting myself in very uncomfortable, unfamiliar situations. Like I went an entire year without buying new clothes. I stopped wearing makeup. I start doing all my beauty, beauty salon appointments. That was really uncomfortable for me because I no longer had this mask that I could hide behind. Yeah. And so, you know, that, that, those are some of the things that I did to, to deal with my shopping addiction. It was an addiction, mm-hmm. something else I had to admit to myself. This wasn't just pleasure shopping. Yeah. This was an addiction for me. And so, yeah, that was, that was a big part of my journey of learning to love the person that God made in my natural form, exactly who I am without all the crap that I'm trying to hide behind. And that took a lot of years of building that confidence. You know, this is something that I call our self-deficiency gap, which is huge amongst women. It's essentially the gap between who you perceive yourself to be right now and ultimately the vision that you have of yourself and like who that person is in the future. And the lie, the misconception that so many women buy into is that we can close that self-deficiency gap through spending money and through buying things. And this is where we get really confused and we get ourselves into trouble because to your point, we're like, I'm going to go out and I'm going to buy the clothes and I'm going to, you know, buy all the new makeup products and all the new hair products and this and that. And Look, there's nothing wrong with spending money on those things. I want to make that clear if it's done in a purposeful and intentional way. Yes. But when you're doing it in an attempt to buy your self-esteem or to buy your self-respect, I always say you are getting yourself on a hamster wheel that you will never be able to get yourself off of because you're constantly going to be spending money under the guise of this is going to make me happier. It's going to make me feel better. It's going to give me more confidence. And like I always teach with the model, it's like the clothes, the makeup, the hair stuff, whatever it is, those things do not have the ability to grant you an emotional experience. Your emotional experience is cultivated from within you, from your self-concept, from the way that you view yourself, right? Right. And none of that can come from things that you buy. It's like you cannot buy your self-esteem and your self-worth because they're not for sale. And the harder that you try to do that, the The more, yeah, the deeper deeper you dig yourself, yourself, (laughs) that you have to get yourself out of, right? Like that's the, that's the problem. And that's the hole that so many women find themselves in that the more you do it, the harder it just becomes to get yourself out of it. Exactly. Yeah. And like I said, that's part of the hard work and self-discovery. I think even, you know, people might say right now, listening to us, well, I don't have these type of issues, right? I don't have any confidence or appearance issues. Everyone has a relationship with their money, whether you recognize it or not. And I think that everyone needs to take time to really discover and understand that relationship. Because like I said, it answers a lot of questions that you might be having, even if you may not recognize them completely right now. 
And so that kind of leads us into a great next topic because I 100% agree with you. I always say like, look, whether you realize it or not, whether you want to acknowledge it or not, you have a relationship with money because you're going to have a relationship with anything that you have thoughts or beliefs about. And so on the podcast here, we talk a ton about mindset. We've talked a lot about, about emotions, which are very important, but we also talk a lot about mindset. And so I would love to hear from you. What I find is that we have a lot of negative beliefs and a lot of negative mindsets about money, of course, but one silo in particular that I also find so many of us have negative belief patterns in that keep us stuck is our mindset around budgeting and what we make it mean about, oh, I'm someone who budgets. Like I have a lot of women who come to me and they're like, but isn't budgeting just for poor people? Like I've had people say that to me before, right? Like budgeting is just for poor people, right? It's like for people who are like living paycheck to paycheck and are struggling to pay their bills and I'm just like, no, it's, it's the, the complete opposite of that. But what role do you think mindset plays in your overall success and being a good budgeter? Oh, mindset is huge. And it took me a while to transform my mindset from an, a scarcity to more of an abundant type of positive mindset, because I was the same way going in, like budgeting just isn't for me. I don't make enough money to budget. I don't have anything really important in my life that I need a budget for. I do hear that sometimes I even hear, you know, that once you get to a certain income level, budgeting just becomes a burden. Mm -hmm. And we are, we know because of that burden and that tedious work behind budgeting, we're not able to live a fulfilled life, right? We're not able to live our rich lives. I believe the opposite. A budget is not something that is restrictive or denying you. It's a tool that is honoring you. And this is the way I had to kind of shift my mindset. My budget is no longer just this limitation, this restrictiveness. The way I look at my budget is it's a tool that I use to get to where I want to go. In fact, my budget allows me the control to say, you know what? This is what's important to me. I'm going to prepare financially so I can enjoy this value and this importance with peace of mind. Yeah, absolutely. And look, my income, my financial situation has changed drastically from 10 years ago, making, you know, I was, I started this journey making $24,000 a year as a financial assistant in the investment industry. And to today running a multi-million dollar business, guess what? I still budget my money the exact same way. And, you know, people get this idea that it's so much work. It's so tedious, right? It's not necessary. It's not, it's not as important as enjoying my life. But what we need to recognize here is that it doesn't have to be tedious. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to take over your life. A budget for me is literally five minutes every day. That's it. Of course, when I first started this, it took time to learn to set it up the transition period. Of course, I think with anything that we're learning and growing in the beginning, it takes a minute. There's a little bit of a transition to, to soak in that information and that knowledge and use it in our lives. But, you know, I've been doing this for 10 years 
people always say, Miko, you literally still use the cash envelope method (laughs) and you run a multi-million dollar business. I do. You know why? Because why try to fix something that is not broken? Totally. It works for me. Yes. You know, and so people need to get to this point in their lives where they no longer see this budget as this restrictive work that we have to do. It's not work. It's a tool that you're building for yourself to honor the values and the life that you want to live. Yeah. And so one of my shifts I had to do every time I got mad at my budget, anytime I got frustrated, anytime I was sitting down, like, gosh, dang it. I just don't want to do this. You know what I do? I'd visualize the life that I was fighting for. Then I would look down at my budget and go, this is the tool that's going to help me get there. It's helping, not hurting. And once you can flip it and see it like that, man, it's a game changer. Totally. Yeah. I always say your, your budget is like your GPS. Like if you're going on a road trip nowadays, like if I was in Dallas and I was going to come drive and see you in, in Washington, I would never (laughs) ever get into my car and just like start driving. Like, I'd be like, okay, like I know I need to head North, but eventually I'm going to kind of like lose my way. And there's absolutely no way without specific directions from Dallas to Washington that I would end up at your house. I know I would probably end up farther North than where I started. Like I might end up in like Wyoming or something, but it's probably not going to be Washington, right? At those house. And so I always say in so many areas of our life with any result that we want to create, we're totally cool having a plan. We're like, yeah, I need a plan. But then for some reason, when it comes to our money, which that's all your budget is. Your budget is your GPS. Your roadmap. It's yep. your roadmap. But for some reason, when it comes to budgeting, we're like, oh, but no, 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 no. I don't need it for my money. And it's like, but your money is like one of the most important resources in your life. And to your point, I always say, I check in with my budget for three minutes a day. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, first of all, do not tell me that you do not have three to five minutes a day. If you're watching me say this to you on Instagram, <laughs> or if you're listening to this podcast, it's like you have three to five minutes a day. Yeah. Let's just all be honest. We prioritize what's important to us with our time. Yes. And I think a huge misconception that people have is that it's too cumbersome to check in with their money on a consistent basis. But I'm always like, listen, the more often you do it, the easier it becomes because when you're only doing it once every two weeks, once a month, first of all, it's totally overwhelming because you have to reconcile weeks or a month worth of transactions. And every time you sit down, you're having to refamiliarize yourself with the process and being like, how do I do this again? What are the steps? What's the process? And that in and of itself takes a lot of time and mental energy as opposed to you doing it every day. You're in, you're out, you're on with your day. And I'm like, listen, if you were to actually look at it, it probably takes you less time and energy to manage your money. The more consistently you're checking in with it, but people think, oh no, I'm just going to check in with it less often. Right. Right. And this is the difference between motivation and self-discipline. I get that a lot. People like, Miko, how are you so motivated to work on your finances every day? I'm not. I'm also human. I'm not motivated to work on my finances every day. This is why doing it every day, it creates a habit. 
And that habit leads to self-discipline. And it's that self-discipline that's going to carry you on the days that motivation is not present. And I talk about that. It's very important that people realize that motivation and self-discipline are not the same thing. You know, finding your why and your purpose, that's your spark, your initial gut push to have motivation in your life. That motivation then allows you to set up a routine. That routine then teaches you the healthy habits every single day. That habit turns into self-discipline. That self-discipline steps in when we just don't want to freaking deal with it. And I have been there. I don't wake up every day motivated to be successful with my finances. I'm dedicated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm dedicated because I know what I'm fighting for. And that's a whole lot more important than just not working towards it. So I really think that's important distinction. Yeah. And I would say the more often you do it, the more motivated you will become. But I also think too, like, do not expect to feel motivated, especially in the beginning of any process, because anytime you're trying something new or to develop a new habit, it's going to be incredibly uncomfortable. Your brain is going to fight you every step of the way because your brain loves familiarity. It -hmm. loves to do the same thing that it's always been doing. And so anytime you try to implement a new habit or process, your brain is going to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) Like, what are we doing here? This does not, this isn't fun. This is mentally taxing. I'm new. I'm a beginner. And so I always say, listen, expect discomfort in the beginning. Do not rely on motivation in the beginning. If anything, from what I've found, motivation will come Once you become more confident in the process, I I just think of like a train, right? The amount of energy it takes just to get the train, this huge train, just like moving is so much energy. But once it just starts moving and you have a little bit of momentum and inertia, it's kind of like, okay, here we go. This is much easier. But I would say, do not expect to feel motivated in the beginning or rely on the motivation because it's not going to be there. And if that's what you're waiting for, you're never going to start. Right. And never going to happen. Yeah. And this is why I tell people before they do anything, even start the process, discovering your why and purpose is the first step because then at least you have an underlying vision of what the heck you're fighting for. And I think that's really important to recognize in the very beginning. Absolutely. And that's, you have to have something that you're anchored to and that you're tied to, to kind of keep you going. And to your point, remind you, okay, this is why I'm doing this. Right. Right. So, all right. I'm going to read one more excerpt from your book to kind of wrap us up here because it perfectly kind of sums up what we just talked about. And it's a couple sentences that I took from one chapter and put them all together. But you said budgeting isn't about the money, but about you. Budgeting is personal development in disguise. Budgeting forces you to understand yourself in all new ways because it asks you to decide what you want to actually accomplish with your money beyond simply just paying your bills. Budgeting can be a way to honor yourself rather than deny yourself. It's not about deprivation, but desire. It's a tool to pursue your dreams instead of reacting to your fears. It's not about restricting your spending, but rather expanding your options. It's about your quality of life. It's about peace, pleasure, and triumph. It's about feeling fulfilled and creating big, beautiful memories, no matter how small your budget. I just think it's all so beautiful. I mean, I think if every woman could hear that about, no, this is actually what a budget is. 
right? Like, I love how you say it's not about restriction. It's not about limitations. It's not about frugality, right? It's about discovering what do I actually want? And I love how you say like, it's a way to honor yourself. It doesn't have to be a way to deny yourself. Right. Yes. This is what financial fulfillment is all about. That's the number one goal. I want people to reach after reading this book. It's about confidence, clarity, and stability. And I really think, notice how none of those things really, I'm not saying any money. I'm not saying any dollar amounts with those things. These Mm -hmm. are things that are internal, but they're things that I really truly believe that once you can discover these things for yourself, then you've hit a level of financial fulfillment. And with that comes opportunity for you to look for ways in your life to honor what's important and what you value. And I think that's absolutely the most important thing. And this, this is why I talk about, it doesn't matter what anyone else is doing. It doesn't matter what your friends are doing, what your family is doing. This is all about honoring who you are and what you want. And that's the most important thing. Couldn't have said it better. Perfect way to wrap us up here. All right. Well, Kamiko, thank you so much for being on the podcast. This was such an amazing discussion. I I love it when we can take the conversation deeper than just numbers, the black and white. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Because again, it's, it's so important. And I, I just feel like it's such an important piece of the conversation around money that just is not talked enough about. And it, we just have to bring more attention and more light to it because to me, it, it truly is how you have that transformation. Like I always say, listen, you're not going to build wealth through the tips. You're going to have to build wealth through the transformation from the inside out with your mindset, with your emotions. And I just love other women who are out there talking about it. Cause again, I think it's so important. So will you please tell everyone where they can find you, where they can learn more from you, get plugged in. Yes. Yeah. You can follow me or see me at thebudgetmom.com. We also have the budget mom on Instagram and YouTube. Awesome. And your book, my money, and my, my way, book. get yes. the book, my money, my way. Yes. Yeah, my money, book, my way. Yes. yes. It's definitely my heart went into this and it's just an important part of my journey. And I'm, I'm just hoping that it reaches and helps as many women as possible. So yes, my money, my way. All right. Well, I got my copy. I've read it. You guys, it's fantastic. Highly recommend it. So you guys pick it up. All right. Thank you, Kamiko. All right, y'all. What'd you think? I really hope that you guys enjoyed that discussion with Miko. Like I told you, I knew you guys would love her. She's awesome and incredible. I really hope that you guys felt filled up and inspired by that conversation. So a favor to ask before we sign off here. So after listening to this episode, it would mean so much to me if we could show Miko some love just to show her the support of the Money Love community. So if you enjoyed this episode, take a screenshot. Let me know that you listened post it on Instagram and tag both of us. Tag me at overcoming underscore overspending and also tag Miko at the budget mom just to show her a thank you for coming on the show and also just to bring more visibility so that other people could come and listen to our conversation here. So again, thank you guys for being here this week. I love you all so deeply. Y'all have an amazing week and I will see you next Tuesday. Bye. Hey girl. 
If you enjoyed this episode, I want to invite you to join me in overcoming overspending. It's my signature program where I take you through my three-phase approach to stop impulse shopping and overspending so that you can finally start making substantial progress with your finances. Through the self-paced online program, the student community group, and live weekly coaching with me, you will receive all the encouragement you need to finally achieve lasting change with your money habits that have been sabotaging you for so long. You'll have money back in your pocket. You will leave behind the stress and the worry that you currently experience with money, and your spending will be controlled, purposeful, and actually feel good and be fun. The best part is it's 100% risk-free. You have a lifetime to implement my proven process. And after doing that, if you don't make your investment back, I will give you a full refund. Your results are guaranteed or the program is on me. Just head over to overcomingoverspending.com to get started. I can't wait to have you as a student within the program.